Yo, what's up everybody? This is Eric Burden of the Black Pumas. Welcome to Chronicles of a Diamond. It's been a beautiful journey and experience putting it together for you. We really hope you dig it. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by Black Pumas are a psychedelic soul band from Austin in Texas. Singer-songwriter Eric Burton and Adrian Casada, the group's guitarist and producer, released their premier self-titled album in 2019. Casada played in Latin funk outfit Grupo Fantasma that won the Grammy Award for Best Latin Rock Urban or Alternative Album for the 2010 album El Existential. Eric Burton was heavily involved in musical theatre and started busking at the San Monica Pier, bringing in several hundred dollars a day and developing his performance skills. After releasing the first album, they were asked to play at South by Southwest and won a Best New Band trophy at the Austin Music Awards. At the end of 2023, the Black Pumas released Chronicles of a Diamond. Thomas Smith of NME described it as a more realised offering to the world and exceeds their debut album. He observed that you can't help but hear Burton's confidence growing across the album's running time, his potential still untapped and with room to grow. Adrian Casado and Eric Burton from Black Pumas joins Dr. Gonzo to present the songs from the album Chronicles of a Diamond on and this one's introduced by on Community Radio 3CR. I think the message that I would try to convey is that regardless of the situation there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Togetherness, unity is how we fly and I want people to feel comfortable with newness and I want I would love for people to catch on to the fact that we're not afraid to be ourselves and neither should they be I feel like when we're ourselves there's better connectivity the it feels like a, a new debut it feels like a second debut where as on the first album i was called to you know help adrian finish his tracks right i think he had sent me like 17 tracks. I finished like, we kept like five of those 17 tracks that I had written to. And, you know, I ended up with five uh, uh, musical ideas of my own that ended up on the album. But, you know, it was all to kind of like help Adrian finish like his, like to help him bring his vision together of what that sound was going to be. And so this time around, it feels like the roles were kind of reversed and where like Adrian's helping me kind of like conclude my ideas and some of uh, the thoughts that kind of um, have started with me uh, in conjunction with 
you know, where we were as a band, um, creatively on the road, making things with our, our people, you know, making things with Duran and, um, and recording, uh, you know, like Sauvignon is, is, a, is a track that we had kind of worked on together, um, you know, f you know, in Germany, I believe it was, we were like in a hotel room and then we worked on it a little bit in a green room before a show and just being excitable, you know, the, the, the music should feel like a little bit more soulful, man, like a little bit more soulful from, you know, a place to a place of purity and honesty, um, and not so much from a place that is following the rules that is soul music kind of thing, if that makes sense. More than a love song, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful message that, uh, you know, came from an uncle of mine who was a songwriter, Uncle Steve. Uh, he would listen to me kind of like write songs all day after school and would chime in at dinner time to, to let me know that, hey man, you know, good stuff, but also, you know, life is more than a love song. And so, you know, I wanted to take that message and allow it to live again to encourage people to have more unity, more understanding um, and peace.
lightning almost touched the ground. You hear a voice sometimes by a child sing, fly together. so hard sometimes and you start to lose your mind just grab your sister's hand and fly together black puma show them how the blue bird fly together Ice Cream represents my evolution as a recording artist. Um, you know, initially that was, you know, the lyrics and melody are lyrics and melody of a song that I used to play on guitar when I was busking. And it was just me playing guitar and just me singing. This time with Ice Cream, I was able to involve more, more parts, more tools, bass, guitar, drums, you know, put, you know, different ideas together to see how I might be able to help, you know, make that live. And um, I I recorded that at uh, the studio, actually, that I'm starting with a friend his at his place at like two in the morning. There's just a bunch of equipment inside. It's like, man, we should record something and maybe let's not take all night. Like maybe let's do this within an hour, an hour and a half. And so I took an old song, I threw an, an Al Green drum sample, um, you know, in the grid. I added, um, basically I played, you know, him and myself played most of the instrumentation in the demo um, just to kind of get the idea. So, uh, you know, from the Al Green sample drums to, the uh, the electric guitar that got plugged straight into the, the board, which kind of has a really cool vintagey sound. Um, uh, I grabbed you know one of the electric guitars and just turned the distortion all the way up, the volume all the way up to ten, and you know played chords that would kind of like that just kind of fit you know. And I think at face value, the colors that were coagulated in that um, single experience. You know, I don't know that it would have happened with with the band in, in the room or even with Adrian in the room because it's such an unorthodox painting of sounds that shouldn't work, you know, but it did work. And so we were able to, you know, make that demo, re-record the demo at, you know, our friend Eric Wofford's and then finally send it to, to Adrian where Adrian like helped out with some of the arrangement and throwing that mean electric guitar on on the end of it. And I think like with, with, I'm so proud of Ice Cream slash Payphone because 
it's one of the first times I've ever like been happy with a song, you know, in its demo. It's, we've retained like some of the roughness mm -hmm. that the demo kind of brought to to the table, and I feel like that's that's really cool. Oh, oh, oh. 
Miss Postman actually started as an idea um, originally musically that uh, Jaron, our keyboard player, and I had started years ago um, when we started working together. He was playing Pumas like early on in one of our first tours. Jaron uh, and I got together a few afternoons and just made some hip hop beats for fun. We would just kind of, he would be playing keyboards, I'd be programming drums, and we'd just do that. And uh, kind of the nucleus for that song came out of one of those things. He just started playing that on the piano. And I think that was actually, this is actually our first. Um, song that we have i could be totally wrong but uh in that we have a, a third writer and in, jaron in on that one so postman was one that was kind of written like that again showed it to eric we developed it live kind of grew and then we brought that back so it's kind of indicative of a lot of the album and what i love about this one is that um the first album we were really everything was true to the sounds of what you heard on the drums and wanted to like really make it um no samples no loops no on the first album no loops no embellishment of to make things bigger and i'm super proud of that but on this one it was like whatever works and a lot of it was taking live performances and then bringing them back into the studio and then really beefing them up and and throwing out the rule book and like if you had to if we had to program drums we program drums if we had to use a drum loop we'd use a drum so there was a little bit more freedom with this one and less being less precious about whatever just gets us to the end goal, you know, so that, but this was a cool one because another one that we did live. Yeah. And knew what worked and then. Yeah, yeah, totally. Postman, you'll 
of a diamond yeah was i think that was like a piano like i uh i that one started with me had a piano part and you know some lyrical um elements to that when i first showed adrian i think the thing that uh himself and even jaron i believe they really liked the way because i'm not necessarily i'm not an, an, a studied pianist right so when when i play piano sometimes it's reflective of what i what i hear in hip-hop that feels really cool and so that that piano almost feels like a sampled kind of mm -hmm. thing that was kind of fun to uh reflect on and so um yeah that, that was the first song that i've uh you know gotten to record where it's where it's me on the piano i've never done that before and i wanted to like i said earlier bring a voice to the inanimate object that is the diamond in the back of the Cadillac. You know, everyone likes Curtis Mayfield and diamond in the back. And so I thought to myself, man, how cool would it be to kind of pivot and show people a different perspective of that, uh, you know, of that time and that vibe um, with a on it with a different voice kind of thing. Um, in conclusion, I, I really love being able to sing in a way that doesn't feel like it's trying to be pretty. It's more like writing and like, it almost feels like hip hop, but I'm not rapping. They crash. I yearn to get high like them seagulls fly. I look at how the pretty girls walk by, dreaming I'm in love for the first time, darling. Look at how my heart goes boom, bath. I'm leaning on the music majesty. I look like a golden chalice, causing a different kind of golden palace. If you want.
I was um, living in California, took, taking care of uh, my mom and helping out family, busking. It was I, my first time busking, and so I wrote Angel between, you know, staring into a still life uh, flower portrait in a laundry mat uh, in an apartment in Athens, California, and like the subway between busking, um, you know, to like literally calling out for you know, the voice of an angel to, to, to move me, you know? And so it was really brilliant to see the city of Los Angeles kind of come alive from the start of the day till the very end of the day. And so I'm also singing to the, the, uh, the evolution of the city uh, within the context of like a day. Yeah, that was, that was the first song that we recorded again here at the studio um post tour the first time we got back together and it felt like chronicles of a diamond where okay wow like we're back here again and so it was it was a, it was a little bit emotional it was a really cool moment and and the performance is very much reflective of the emotionality between where the song comes from and the journey of uh, this band <laughs>
in the sun to the day and living love, little angel.
Hi, I'm Captain Fish of the Festival of Surrealisms, and you're listening to And This One's Introduced By, where the artist introduces tracks from their album, here on 3CR. Yo, what's up everybody? This is Eric Burden of the Black Pumas. Welcome to Chronicles of a Diamond. It's been a beautiful journey and experience putting it together for you. We really hope you dig it.
that was that one had a real timeless quality to me even though it sounds like doesn't sound like a particular era like it doesn't sound like trying to do anything but it sounded so timeless to me it almost felt like stand by me or something where i think at the end just some of the icing on the cake was a light a light string arrangement to kind of tug at the heartstrings a little bit you know? yeah it was one of those songs that uh i i've i've written like years ago still like seven years eight years ago while i was busking i think i like lost the keys to my friend's mom's van and we were busking together and i just remember like man what is my life like i feel like i need to cry and so that was a song that uh, i used to to reach a certain place within within myself and um it's nice to kind of see it you know evolve and kind of like live on in this way Take me to the ceremony, see, out on the edge of tomorrow, yeah. I put my keys in the ignition, cause I'm no longer waiting, wishing for the edge, yeah. All I wanna do is see, everything there is to see, out on the edge of tomorrow, me on the road less traveled lightly now back in the saddle to the edge cause all i want to do is go somewhere yeah oh honey be yeah. to be somewhere tomorrow to do is
Yeah, yeah. Gemini, Gemini's sun um, is cool because it should feel like, you know, if you know anything about astrology, Gemini is like the two-faced, two-headed dragon, you know? And with that one, on an emotive level, from instrumentation to um, vocal inflection, you should feel like there you, you you should feel that you're you're hearing a yin and a yang where the where when the music sounds pretty i'm delivering in a very very aggressive way and when i when or when i when i sound you know like i'm singing very airy and with a breezy kind of um disposition the music is kind of hard and so you should kind of get like night and day at the same time with gemini rising it should feel like Gemini rising. It should feel like Gemini's sun. You know, it should feel like Gemini. Two, two, two in the same.
so good Love me how you look so good When the sun comes up and the light is calling I, that one for in particular feels like rock and roll. Like I remember telling you the first time you played it, it sounds like some like nineteen seventy two like New York City, yeah, Lou Reed meets like a uh, uh, Gil Scott Heron yeah. kind of thing, and uh, that one was a blast. It's like nothing else that um, we had ever done, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I'm glad that you brought to the table because I don't think that that would have come out of my head. But in in a way, I'm really happy when those unorthodox ideas come in because I'm like, yeah. man, this is this is something that's it's challenging and there's almost like growing pains to make a song like that because sure. you're like, there's nothing familiar about like I've never we've never done a song like that, but yeah. I think it all it was all for the good and I remember I think the final thing we did was in that little space echo freak out here we just yeah. fed Eric's vocals into a tape delay spit, uh, space echo and he just went crazy did like a live dub thing so it almost has this other live performance on top mm-hmm. and that was that was a blast. So.
Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr. Gonzo and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. stereo from the ultrasonic recording studios and tonight uh, mr. Lou Reed is with us if, uh, for sure. if you want to get out and see the band uh, Alice Tully Hall 
January 27th in a rather rare New York appearance. Uh, you're back in New York, though, right? You, you spent a long time in the city. Yeah, we spent a long time in Europe. We were in, uh, in and around London, Scotland, places like that for a while. Have you officially moved to England? Oh, no, no, no. We just went over there because we hadn't seen it. So New York is still a city of record. New York is the home base. Uh -huh. uh, the album was recorded. In London. Yeah, the album was recorded. A real great studio named Trident. Trident, yeah. Trident. And David well, Bowie produced? David and Mick Ronson. Mustn't forget Mick. Mustn't. Mustn't. How'd you like working with... Uh, It'd be naughty. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say in England. When you say, when you say something, they say, no, that's naughty. That's naughty. <laughs> they, very, they don't say that in New York? No, man, they'd punch you out if you did. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How'd you like working with David? I loved working with David. David's uh, terrific empathy. How do you how do you account for the fact that not that way? <laughs> how do you account for uh, during his his performance uh, yeah. at Carnegie? He dedicated what what seemed like a, an entire half hour to Lou Reed and did a couple of Lou Reed tunes. I guess he likes them. Yeah. <laughs> After all these years, suddenly for the energy to start uh, to start coming back again. Uh, Interesting, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I guess it must have been there all along. Yeah, I, I, I should think so, you know. Where's Dougie That's, Yule? Uh, dead, I hope. <gasps> Whoa! I went to high school with Dougie Yule. You can't say that. Well, I can say it, but I didn't mean it. Uh, you worked together on, uh, on the Loaded album. Yeah, I, well, we worked on the Loaded album. And that was, that was the final venture. That, that was it. That was the end of it. That was the end. The end of your proverbial that. era, as it were. Well, the end of that era. Is it era or era? Era. Uh, era. Is there, it's is an it, error to call it, it an era. Is it an error to call it an era? Or is it an error to call it an era? <laughs> it's an ear. An ear. Um, Corn? It's an era. It's an era. <laughs> Uh, do you think do you think we'll ever see the Velvet Underground uh, together again, performing, uh, the, playing? The, well, which permutation of it? Anyone. All right. Well, there's a version of the Velvet Underground that's in London right now that's uh, got the original drummer and has Doug Yule and two other people in it. Oh, so Dougie is working. He's not dead. No, he's not <laughs> dead. He's not dead. I see. How about Lou Reed in the Velvet Underground? No, no chance of that. And what about the Thunder Thighs? Oh, if I had him here. No, these, these are not the thunder no, thighs. These are not. He, he, he thought he was the thunder thigh, then I had to tell him he was, and he got very depressed. Why don't you tell me who is here playing with you tonight? Oh, we have Bobby Rossigno, Vinny Laporta, Annie Reynolds, and Scott Clark. Okay, well, talking about New York City, and the Velvet Underground certainly epitomized, I think, what New York City was to a lot of people for a long time, at least, at least during... Most of whom are now in jail. <laughs> or dead. Or dead. <laughs> uh, good to hear that you are still a member of this, uh, this insanity. Why don't we go back and do something from, uh, from the old days, from Velvet Underground, New York, 19, what, 63, 4... No, 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 about circa, I guess, do you know the story about how I wrote this song? Please, please tell me. I, I, was, wor I was working for a record company as a songwriter where uh, 
They'd lock me in a room and they'd say, write 10 surfing songs, <laughs> you know. And I wrote heroin. And I said, hey, I got something for you, you know. And uh, they said, never happen. <laughs> never happen. So that's what we'll lead our set off with. Okay. Thank you. Lou Reed, Tuesday night concert, WLIRFM. Hello. Yes, it still exists. Now, in the original days, not only was it banned, but they wouldn't take advertisements for our album because of it. Now, here we are doing it over the radio. Very funny. Okay, here we go. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. Maybe you hope it's just a case of sitting it out and hoping that you'll be able to transfer or find another occupation. You can change it, you know. You can learn to help yourself get more from your work. You can even start to enjoy your job. And I guess I just don't know And I guess 
Is that right? Sometimes. Why do you do this? Because I think the government's plotting against me. But Why you... do you say that? <laughs> I was sleeping gently, napping when I heard the phone. Who is on the other end talking? Am I even home? You like singing about drugs. Is this because you like taking drugs yourself? No. It's, um... Because I can't go to customs, I figure, somebody in the audience. And... Were you searched by our customs men for drugs? Oh, no, because I don't take any. No drugs at all? Mm-mm. And yet you sing about them. I'm high you... on life. Do you want people to take drugs themselves? Is this perhaps why you sing about drugs? Oh, yeah, I want them to take drugs. Why is this? Because it's better than Monopoly. Did you see what she did to him? Did you hear what they said? Just a New York conversation rattling in my head. Oh my, and what shall we wear? Oh my, and who really cares? Why do you think your music is so popular, Lou? I didn't know it was popular. We've had two sellouts in Sydney before you've even come here. So it is popular, apparently. I didn't know that. Lou, do you think it's a decadent society we're living in? No. Would you describe yourself as a decadent person? No. How would you describe yourself? Average. It said, it said in your release that we were given this morning that you like lying to the press. Uh, why is this? Now you're doing it now. I didn't say that. The release did. Is it true? No. Is your antisocial behaviour just part of your show business gimmick? Anti-social behavior? What's that? You seem very withdrawn. 
introverted, you mean? Lee, you're a man of few words. Why is this? I don't have anything to say. Do you like meeting people, talking to people? Some. Do you like talking to us? I don't know you. Do you like uh, press interviews in general? No. You shun publicity? No. You tend to keep to yourself? No. Why are you attending this one, Lou? They told me to come in here. Is this just part of showbiz, is it? Is it necessary? I didn't... I'm not in showbiz. You're not in the entertainment game? The entertainment game? No. Do you do everything people tell you to? Sometimes. What message is it that you're trying to get across? I don't have one. Most singers do. They usually sing about something and have some kind of way of getting through to the people. Like who? Well, most singers. <coughs> like who? Would it be right to call your music well, gutter rock? Gutter rock? Gutter rock. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's been called be underground rock and roll. What do you think about him now? Are you still friends with him? Oh, yeah. Has he been very important in your life? Did he make a big difference to you? Oh, he was everything. Still is. Lou, you sing a lot about uh, transvestites and sadomasochism. Um, how would you describe yourself in the light of these songs? I don't know, what does that have to do with me? Well, could I put it bluntly, and pardon the question, are you a transvestite or a homosexual? Sometimes. Which one? I don't know. What's the difference? Why do you like being... Uh, why do you like describing yourself uh, as this? Why do you think you fit into this type of person? It's something to do. Is life so boring for you, then? No. What do you, what do you like most in life? Everything. Is there any things you like better than others? No. Where do you spend your money? On drugs. On drugs. For other people. Right. It's been said that in your early days you were quite a wild performer. That uh, is it true, for instance, that you attacked your fans in England and were arrested for obscenity on stage? No. This is again false publicity. Well, who writes these things about you if, they, if they're not true? Journalists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is this perhaps why you don't like journalists? Oh, I love journalists. Oh, how sad and why do we call? Oh, I'm glad to hear from you all. I am calling, yes, I'm calling just to speak to you. For I know this night will kill me if I can't be with you. If I can't be with you.
Gonzo here, Spinning Sounds, a chat with Lou Reed from a live radio show from 1972. Then we heard Greg Wadley as New Waver with his take on Heroin, retitled Prozac from New Waver's retrospective Neuters. And we went back to Lou Reed being interviewed by a bunch of Australian stiffs at a press conference in 1974. A couple of tracks... Go to jail and leave home from Melbourne band People with Chairs Up Their Noses. The band included Jim White of Dirty Three Fame on percussion, Mark Barry on vocals and bass, and Nick Barker also on bass. And what happened to People with Chairs Up Their Noses? Well, an interluvian rocking horse might have the answer from their album Music for the Odd Occasion from 1997. And the track, What Happened to the People with Chairs Up Their Noses. Thanks for listening to 3CR and Dr. Gonzo with And This One's Introduced By. And after that, we'll finish with a track, another track from Antiluvian Rocking Horse and Abnormal Recovery.
See you later and bye for now.
had had the operation and the uh, the uh, what do you call it? She flung the bundle back into the cupboard and slammed its door, whimpering against this derangement of mind. Because as I take it, it consists of obliterating yourself so that you can fully respond to the, the wonder and mystery and otherness of the world. It's a fairly standard, transcendental idea. Honey lemon the eyes that seem to be more away with some mind-bending drug than the enjoyment of the moment. On, in a, uh, ling, in a, uh, a grissy. It's a rocking horse, actually. No, no. Oh, right. It's a lovely it's horse, a but it keeps... It's a beautiful grey one. Yes, and it, the trouble is... It's it, one of melting cups. It keeps running around in circles because it's off a hurdy-gurdy. It? It's off a, a merry-go-round. It keeps going around in little circles and going up and down. Love of approbation, 